When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Coronavirus Update. If you're in lockdown, just like me, don't worry. I've put together some of the best bits from my talk radio breakfast show into this daily podcast, so you won't miss any of the day's biggest coronavirus updates. Enjoy and stay safe. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Day 14 of the lockdown. Delighted to be joined live from his home, Dave Chawner, who's a comedian, and uh, joins us this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Um, it's, um, it is a, uh, a, a fascinating morning of news. Of people are just waking up. Well, that big news all last night, three major events. Queen's broadcast to the nation, only the fifth time ever outside of a, a speech uh, or address to the nation on Christmas Day that she's spoken to the nation. Uh, the uh, uh, resignation of Scotland's chief medical officer over basically rank hypocrisy. But uh, obviously, crucially, last night, Boris Johnson, the prime minister, going to hospital. He's still there right now. He was undergoing tests uh, for his coronavirus symptoms after 10 days in which uh, his symptoms have not improved. Um, how concerned are you, Dave? About the coronavirus? What about Boris I... Johnson in particular? Oh, about Boris Johnson. I, I, I think, um, I think to be honest, let, let's let's speak plainly. He's going to get the best medical uh, provisions that anyone in the country is. I think he seems a fit, healthy man, and I personally think that this is more of a precaution than anything else. That said, I was surprised because, of course, they must be quite. Uh, remiss to send him into hospital because it does send people into fear. Well, we're the only one that has got a world leader in hospital. Oh, okay, well, we shall we shall see. Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm not sure it's a headline any prime minister wants to have during a, uh, an epidemic like this. Dave Chawner, thank you very much. More from him uh, coming up in just a few moments. Right now, well, let's uh, ask uh, one of the prime minister's close colleagues uh, in the cabinet who joins us right now, Housing Communities and Local Government Secretary Robert Jenrick. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Julia. Um, first of all, do you have an update for us on uh, the Prime Minister still in hospital uh, after spending their night there uh, last night? Well, as you say, the Prime Minister spent the, the, the night in hospital. It is a precautionary step on the advice of his doctor because he had uh, persistent symptoms of coronavirus 10 days after testing positive for the virus. And so he took the decision on doctor's advice to go into hospital to undergo routine tests and this was not an emergency admission it was a planned admission on doctor's advice and we'll hear later in the day um, what the outcome of those tests were. 
Now, we understand that Dominic Raab, the first se uh, secretary and foreign secretary, is going to be uh, chairing the uh, coronavirus uh, meeting that uh, happens every day in number 10. Realistically, can uh, the prime minister continue to be in charge of the government when he is persistently unwell with a temperature uh, and a fever and, and the exhaustion that most people who've had the virus talk about? Yes, I think he can. Um, he remains in charge of the government. Uh, he's gone into hospital for these routine tests. He will continue to be updated. And of course, all of us look forward to him being back in number 10 as soon as possible. As you say, Dominic Raab, the Foreign Secretary, will chair the regular Monday morning uh, COVID-19 meeting later today. Uh, but I know the Prime Minister will want to get back to work um, at number 10 as quickly as possible. OK, well, obviously, there are still ongoing concerns about getting a, a mass testing, particularly antibody testing and antigen testing of those who have the virus at the moment, and also the, the uh, concerns over the lack of personal protective equipment. But in terms of your remit as housing communities, local government secretary, the lockdown rules uh, and the, 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 the wars that seem to be raging, particularly over the sunny weekend we've just had, the first real sunny weekend of the, of the year, um, are, are uh, not abating at all. Uh, there was a, a threat from Matt Hancock, the health secretary, yesterday that uh, we could actually see perhaps a ban on outdoor exercise if people don't obey those rules. Uh, some public parks in London, in, particularly in areas uh, where actually there's very, very few people do have gardens, have already been closed. Um, do you think that we should have tighter rules in terms of people being allowed to exercise and go outdoors? Well, the measures are already very restrictive. These are unprecedented measures in our lifetimes. None of us would do this lightly. People do need to adhere to them. As uh, Matt Hancock said, this is a requirement. It is enforceable in law and people should do their utmost to obey them because they not only protect themselves by doing that, but they protect all of us. And each of us, as in fact the Queen said last night in her, I thought, fantastic, very moving address, have a, pl have a part to play. And that part could be as simple as staying at home. We don't have an imminent plan to um, increase the restrictions, to ban people from going into parks. And having spoken to a number of the council leaders who have been grappling with these issues over the weekend, they are extremely reluctant to close open spaces and parks, precisely because not everybody has the luxury of a garden or a large home. And there are plenty of people, particularly families in towns and cities who are uh, stuck in small flats and apartments. Um, and I think we all feel for those people how difficult it is at this time. So we want to keep the parks open. So the, the local councils, the local councils that have banned, that have closed down the parks, Brockwell Park in South London uh, was closed uh, uh, over the weekend after they said too many people uh, were in the park. Are those local councils wrong? No, they will need to take those decisions themselves. And as I say, I've spoken to a number of them in the last 24 hours and they haven't done it lightly. They've generally done it because the parks have been overcrowded and because there's been evidence of people not just going for daily exercise, a walk with your household or a run remaining two metres apart from people who are not part of your household. But unfortunately, a minority of people in some cases doing things that are not sensible like sunbathing or well, congregating. Well, this is, this is the people. issue, Mr. That isn't, that isn't right. And people need to adhere to the rules or else everybody else 
will lose out. And but but this is the no. But this is the issue. Fair. A minority of people doing thoughtless, uh, possibly dangerous things, um, are not obeying the rules. Why should that mean that many, many, many thousands of others who are obeying the rules and who desperately do need those green spaces, why should they be punished? All we're doing when we close down parks is pushing the people who do need to go outside, often with young children, the like people who only get out for an hour a day. Um, we're pushing them into more crowded areas, onto pavements, uh, into uh, smaller spaces. Surely the parks are the safest places for people to be. Well, we want to keep the parks open. Well, no, but you just said, no, but Mr. Jenrick, you just said that the councils are right to make the decisions they make. Are they or are they not right to close parks? Yes or no? We either need parks open or we don't need parks open. open. But, But if a minority of people spoil it for everyone else, then councils will have to make difficult decisions. And in this case, some councils have chosen to close the parks, perhaps temporarily. Hopefully, people will heed that and behave responsibly. But surely they could resolve that issue by sending the police in to arrest people. You're spoiling the enjoyment of everybody else. But but Mr Jenrick, surely the, the, the solution is for the police to go in, for, for park officers or whoever it is from the local council to go in and talk to the people and if necessary fine or arrest people who are breaching the rules and allow everyone else but lots of families, particularly in the capital, particularly in other major cities as you've mentioned, you're the housing secretary, you know there are millions of homes in this country where they have no outdoor space not even a balcony, they're trapped indoors they are desperate for that hour outside why are you punishing or allowing councils to punish those millions of families who are doing nothing wrong because a few idiots decide to go out for a picnic? Well, we want this to be enforced by consent, and that's the approach that the police are generally taking, as are councils. This is a decision for local councils as to how they respond if, in very extreme circumstances, their parks and open spaces are just too busy and they see that the social distancing guidelines are being flouted on a significant scale. If that happens, then unfortunately, some of them have felt necessary to close parks. But we really don't want that to happen because people should be able to go out and get their daily exercise, get out of the house. But this comes back to all of us behaving responsibly. If we do that, then we can maintain uh, the ability for all of us to go out once a day for a run or a walk with our household, which is important for all of our health and mental health. Let's in also the days and weeks ahead, as long as the emergency measures. Continue. Let's also talk about the economic cost. Two point four billion pounds a day is the estimate now. We know there's a lot of battles going on within government about the exit strategy from the lockdown because there are not only economic costs of that, there are also um, health costs long term from that in terms of the impact on uh, uh, people's longevity, uh, you know, future future lives. Um, what's I mean, we know that the government is looking at exit strategies. What sort of strategies are we looking at, and does any of them involve uh, being able to go forward without this mass anti? body testing that we are told we need? Well, the the exit strategy will have many facets to it. It will obviously mean reducing the rate of infection. It will mean flattening the curve by increasing the capacity of the NHS so that we can be certain that hospitals are able to treat people appropriately. It will mean ramping up testing and tracing. We have a strategy to do that. We want to reach 100,000 tests a day by the end of April, but we know that even that uh, is just the beginning and we need to go much further if we want to be testing uh, as much of the population as possible, not just uh, those in particular occupations like NHS workers. 
And it will mean trying to ensure that the economic measures that the Chancellor has already laid out succeed in their objective, which is maintaining as much of the productive capacity of the economy as possible so that when we are able to begin to uh, release, ease off the measures in a very careful manner, when we're able to do that, as many people will remain in employment as possible, maintaining their link to their companies, perhaps through the furlough scheme that we're using, and as many businesses can remain functional so that they can bounce back as quickly as possible. But I don't think any of us should underestimate how difficult that's going to be. You can see the economic harm that's being caused by this. Having said that, our primary focus at this moment has to be saving as many people's lives as possible. And that's why what we can all do in our daily lives to try to protect the NHS, to save people's lives and to limit the long term economic harm to the country is to adhere to the guidelines. Okay. By doing that, we'll be able to start to ease those measures sooner and begin to turn the tide on the virus. We certainly hope so. Robert Jedrick, very much appreciate you joining us. Do please uh, send uh, the best, I think, not just everyone here at Talk Radio, but also all our listeners as well, to the Prime Minister and wish him a very speedy recovery. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves... Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There are some heartwarming stories, some encouraging stories, and uh, one of them is uh, is just coming up now because a uh, business businessman, Ron Dennis CBE, is among the uh, many uh, business people who's launched a not-for-profit initiative to feed thousands of critical NHS workers with meals over the next three months. The ready-to-eat meals are going to be made available free of charge to teams working in ICU, to uh, people working in anaesthesia, and A&E staff, particularly those who are unable to leave their clinical areas during their 12-hour shifts. This means they can stay 
clothes towards at all time without having to change out of protective clothing. Now, the initiative is called SaluteTheNHS.org and it's brought together a group of leading food, logistics, packaging and other specialists has mobilised a huge operation. Well, I'm delighted to be joined both by the co-founder of SaluteTheNHS.org, Ron Dennis, CBE, but also his daughter, Dr. Charlotte Hall, who gave her father the idea for the whole campaign. She is currently training young doctors remotely to use ventilators. Good morning to you both. Morning. Morning. Um, I just love to hear these stories of people, you know, with these, with those, those people who've got useful skills as opposed to people who talk on the radio in the morning, actually doing some real good here. Um, come to you first, if I can, Charlotte. Um, you gave your dad the idea. What, what? How did this come about? What was the conversation that led to it? Uh, so this was a whole family discussion on a, a Zoom chat. Uh, we're just having a, a Thursday night family catch up because we're all uh, self-isolating and uh, all spread across the country. So we just had a had a chat and thought about how we could help as a whole family. And obviously, there's things that are being done in the hospitals, um, but we thought how we could help the doctors, nurses, and all those allied health professionals just keep going. And, and that's where the idea of providing meals came from. And so she had a word with you, Ron. And- and, uh, and you, as, a, as a, a leading businessman, you've got the wherewithal, the finances and the staff to deliver this. How did you go about putting this together? Well, first of all, it's uh, certainly not just about me. There's a fantastic team of people and a lot of businesses that have, uh, without hesitation, stepped up the plate from uh, Tesco's to Yodel to uh, Withers to, I mean, the, the list is so long people that have just stepped up the plate. My uh, co-founder, uh, Nigel Harris, who has a very big food production facility in Bista, he uh, called Absolute Taste. He gave me uh, 60% of his production because most of that had been focused on restaurants to that point. And then we built a model, a sort of a real military precise model. And uh, maybe that even what attracted the army into help. So we have the army as well. We're very supported by uh, the hospitals and built actual hospital model with uh, university hospital, uh, the John Radcliffe. So everybody that's a player was involved. And then I had this magic phone call on Saturday evening. Um, my Rolodex gives me some great telephone numbers, and I phoned uh, David Lewis at Tesco's and. 15 minutes later, he came back and said, we're in. I mean, that just gave us unlimited food and uh, with Yodel, unlimited distribution. So now our hub in Oxford is uh, ramping up to 10,000 meals a day. And uh, we are on stream today, servicing initially uh, Oxford, then Banbury, and then Great Ormond Street. And then the government will pass to us those hospitals that are hardest hit, and we will start to roll out those as well. Well, it's wonderful. I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to those companies that are involved on the press release. So Tesco, Absolute Taste, Yodel, Leeways, Domestic and General, Team Rubicon, Hunter Design, Withers and Maitland, AMO. And I know there are many others, but uh, but I do think we want, to, we want to shout out to the companies doing that right thing. 10,000 meals a day is amazing. And this is a crucial thing, isn't it? Look, we know those NH workers are still in employ, uh, they're, they're, but they're able to buy food. But the question is, is, is the fact that they're having to take time out to go and uh, get the food in the supermarkets, maybe or having to queue up or they're unable to obviously go and get the fast food you know from your your local your pretz your mcdonald's or whatever this is about making sure they've got access to healthy nutritious food 
you know, an easy to eat, you know, ready meal that they can eat while they're still in their scrubs, still in their, uh, their, their PPE, their protective clothing. And that means that they are not a risk to others. They're not, a, not getting at risk themselves, taking it on and off and that, and that everyone is safer and they're able to work longer hours. So this is going to have a real knock on effect for people. Yes, I think uh, Charlotte is best uh, suited to answer the question, but I just want to give a reality check to everybody. Um, They work 12-hour shifts, then they have travel time, and then there's the changeover time as they pass the patients across to the incoming staff. So really, it's not 12, it's closer to 14, certainly no less than 13. And then, of course, what do they do? They go home, they've got a choice, sleep or eat, And 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 the norm in a nurse or, or doctor's uh, accommodation, what is the norm? The norm is lots of breakfast cereals into the bowl, milk, and that's it. And that's what they start to survive on. And, and again, also bearing in mind, a lot of these people have got young children as well. Dr. Charlotte Hall, let's come back to you as Ron's daughter. Um, you, you'll know more about the reality of this. You're currently training young doctors how to use ventilators. You're having to do it remotely uh, uh, yeah. around the country. But, but you'll, you'll know many fellow doctors who are working, those sort, and nurses and hospital porters. Everybody. Let's not forget all the other people, all the technicians who are working those long hours. What difference will this make to them? Absolutely. So unfortunately, I can't be in the hospital standing next to my peers at the moment. I'm in early pregnancy and and so in one of the at-risk groups, particularly being around um, and doing intubations and ventilation in the hospital, it was too risky. Um, So I've been in constant contact with with all my peers still in the hospital um, and uh, being able to teach uh, remotely via video link and um, via webinars, uh, junior doctors around the country that are being redeployed from their area of uh, work at the moment. So, you know, plastic surgeons and um, respiratory physicians and dermatologists who wouldn't normally have to, to manage a ventilator. Uh, we're giving them a one-day crash course in, in how, to, how to do this from afar. Um, and it, it has been getting really good feedback and just trying to, to calm those nerves of, of doctors that are perfectly capable, but perhaps just a little bit rusty. Yeah, indeed. Well, I have to say, you're doing wonderful work. Wish you the very best of that pregnancy. It must be a very, very worrying time uh, for you, uh, Dr. Charlotte Hall, and your father, uh, Ron Dennis, CBE. Uh, just lovely to, to hear people make, doing these just wonderful things. And I really salute you both. Thank you very much indeed. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Four-year-old uh, female Malayan tiger named Nadia at the Bronx Zoo testing positive. As I say, being the first known case of an animal infected with COVID-19 in the United States. Um, they say the, the test was confirmed by the National Veterinary Services Laboratory in Iowa. Um, and the cat is, along with six other big cats, thought to have been infected by an asymptomatic zookeeper. Obviously, um, a lot of people have been concerned about their own pets. We've had a lot of uh, medical phone-ins and, and tweet-ins with questions. And a lot of people have been asking, you know, are their dogs are at risk? Are their cat pet cats at risk? I don't suppose many of us thought about the risk to zoo animals, but it still exists. Well, it's it's certainly an unusual um, turn up for the books. We we weren't anticipating this um, amongst uh, the chaos that's currently you know seems to be going on everywhere. Um, perhaps it's not a hundred percent surprising that um, animals are able to to pick up. Uh, this virus uh, but the key question to ask is whether or not animals can transmit it to humans and I think there's currently no evidence 
to su- suggest that animals that have been infected in, in the current wave, uh, such as domestic pets or animals in zoos, are, are at any risk of transmitting it to people. So people don't need to worry about that. Yeah. That's, the Th- current, that's the absolutely current crucial. Advice. And the evidence that the advice of the medics does seem to be that actually these, these big cats are, are, are actually going to make a full recovery, thankfully. Obviously, people will be concerned. I know we care more about human beings than animals at this time, but uh, I think we've got the uh, ability in our hearts to care about all of them. Um, tigers, of course, are very much in the news at the moment. And you, as head of animal welfare and captivity at the Born Free Foundation, will be more aware of this than ever. This uh, new uh, series on Netflix, Tiger King, about um, basically wars between, extraordinary wars going on between um, animal rights activists and uh, and people who, who uh, run um, extraordinary big cat zoos, which contain hundreds and hundreds of big cats kept in very very strange conditions for animals which are used to being in the wild, living quite solitary lives with hundreds of miles to roam in. Um, what do you make of this new Netflix series and, and, and the risk that it might, I don't know, maybe entice more people to think about big cats as, as possible pets? Well, I would hope that no one is left in any uh, doubt from seeing that series that, that these animals make no, <laughs> they do not make suitable pets. I think that the series um, needs well, perhaps we need to unpick it a little bit. It's obviously quite sensationalised on the human characters, um, and in doing so, perhaps doesn't do justice to the to the full issue that needs to be looked at, in my view, which is, as you've said, the the, the problem with people wanting to keep these um, very complex, very um, uh, you know animals with 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 very um, large roaming areas in, in in the wild, keeping them in captivity, keeping them as as exotic pets. That's a very different issue to what's really being explored in, in that Tiger, Tiger uh, King um, series, which is all about how some people are rather unusual and, and the way... The way yeah, really, that unusual. Uh, I think you put it politely, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, so I th- but I think there is a very important point that this is still going on. This is still um, achievable in the US, that there are in certain states where it's not very difficult to get your hands on big cats and keep them as exotic pets. And, and there are even exotic, uh, dangerous exotic animals like big cats and, and crocodiles and alligators and things in the UK here, owned under licence um, by private individuals. Yeah. And whether or not we think that's a suitable um, activity for people to be doing in their own house. And we would say, as Born Free, that that's really not something that we should be uh, wanting to see anymore. I'm and going to... Like to see the laws change. I'm very much going to concur with you on that. And I wonder if this is going to open people's eyes. I mean, it's a very amusing TV series. But for me, I mean, my family watching, we're only on the first episode, but just the, the backdrop of these animals, having ha- had the privilege of seeing animals um, in, in the wild, uh, not tigers, but, but certainly lions and leopards, and being able to, to, to follow them in, on, on be- beautiful big safaris where they can roam completely free for hundreds and hundreds of miles. Um, it, it's really quite upsetting to see these animals behind uh, behind cages. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Uh, that's uh, Chris Draper, who's uh, Head of Animal Welfare and Captivity at the Born Free Foundation. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to today's Julia Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. Please don't forget to like, comment, and most importantly, subscribe. And you can catch me live on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 till 10. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. 
Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. 